0: So uh, so I got no socks this morning, and I thought, I wonder if this will affect my preaching. And then I thought, no, it won't, it won't. We're in Psalms 102, so I want you to turn to Psalms 102, great passage of Scripture, and, uh, and let's pray first. Father, we pray that as we, we, we open the Word and, and share from it that that we'll hear from you, that you would speak to us uh, clearly, uh, joyfully, that we'll receive it uh, and love receiving it. So we pray, Lord, that, uh, that you would be in everything that we say today, and uh, we want to honor you by looking at this passage and allow it to speak to our hearts. And we pray this in Christ's name, amen. So, think of just sitting like we do at times. And there's this gentleman who's sitting and he's thinking about all the changes in life that have happened over the years. And he's an older gentleman, so he's thinking about the end of things. And uh, different scenes begin to appear in his mind as he thinks about this. Uh, and then, like the morning dew on the back porch, when the sun comes up, it's gone, and the memories are gone and uh or maybe he's focused on people in his life, people that he's ministered to or been with, people who he thought would always be close to him and uh, they had a strong love and a bond together and and they're gone. they're gone. We had a funeral here a little while ago at the church and um, and I was uh, sitting with Steve Kaufman. We were down in the gymnasium, and uh, we were were reminiscing together about things in the past and and uh, Steve reached over and he slapped my leg and he says, uh, You know, Tom, we're next. We're next. And uh, in this frame of mind, a man sits down with his thoughts, or a woman sits down with her thoughts. Scenes come before you friends, life, other days, the past, and it seems to be slipping away. And that's where we pick up this psalm, and this is where it starts here. In Psalms 102, I'm going to ask you to stand together for the reading of God's Word. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry for help come to you. Do not hide your face from me when I'm in distress. Turn your ear to me when I call. Answer me quickly, for my days vanish like smoke. My bones burn like glowing embers. My heart is blighted and withers like grass. I forget to eat my food. Drop down to verse 18. Let this be written for future generation, that a people not yet created may praise the Lord. The Lord looked down from his sanctuary on high from heaven and he viewed the earth. To hear the groans of the prisoners and to release those condemned to death. So that the name of the Lord will be declared in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem when the peoples and the kingdoms assemble to worship the Lord. In the course of my life, he broke my strength. He cut short my days. So I said, do not take me away, O God, in the midst of my days. Your years go on through all generations In the beginning, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment, like clothing, you will change them, and they will be discarded. But you remain the same, and your years will never end. The children, the children of your servants will live in your presence. Their descendants will be established before you. You may be seated. All right, let's say that together. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God endures forever. Winter's coming. Boy, that got a lot of conversation. Not happy. People are not happy people. But change. I'm talking about change. Winter's coming. Change is coming. It's a pervasive reality, it comes, you know, that's not my fault. You know, we look at the, you know, there's all kinds of changes that are happening all the time. Health, technology, man, we know that. Dress, how we dress, what we look like, education, eating habits and how we eat, people, there's hardly anything in life, actually there's really nothing in life that's not changing. Everything's changing. Some of us like change, some of us don't like change. And perhaps the older we get, the the more resistant we are to change. Let me propose something to you this morning as we begin this and take a look at it together. Because this is a great passage of scripture. Nothing that matters has changed. Think about that. Nothing that matters has changed. Nothing that matters in eternity has changed. We have the same Bible. We have the same gospel, we have the same God, and while everything around us is changing, God says about himself, I the Lord do not change. I do not change. And I want to meditate upon that this morning in the sermon as we look at it together. Uh, This week we've had a, a very famous passage, if you look down at verse 27, but you remain the same and your years will never end. He's an unchanging God. He's an unchanging God. And this is also called the, the attribute of immutability, the theologians, immutability. So let's look at this psalm this morning. It starts off by telling us who we are. Who are you and, 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 and what are we uh, as individuals? The first 11 verse there, it's kind of, kind of painful to read. When you look through it, verse two, the guy's in distress, right? In verse four, he says, "I forget to eat my food." He has no appetite. He's he's struggling. In verse four again, it says, "My heart is blighted." The whole thing about heart there, since the heart is the seat of the soul, he's talking about a hopelessness that he has in his life. Things aren't going well. In verse seven, we read, I, "I'm awake at night. I'm awake at night." Grief, loss, appetite, sleeplessness, isolation. These are signs of clinical depression. The sky's depressed. And uh, what caused it? What caused it? Verse 3, all my days vanish like smoke. They're here and they're gone. Verse 4, I'm withered like the grass. Grass in the Bible, as we, we, just, we stated, is a metaphor for here today, gone tomorrow. Here today, gone tomorrow, this guy is experiencing a hopelessness. He's experiencing disorientation from the life that he's living. A sense of radical impermanence. There's no permanence. There's, it's brevity. It's going fast. And uh, nothing remains. Nothing lasts. Everything he wants, loves, enjoys is slipping through his hands, stripping through his fingers. He's got a tight grip on things, but he can't hold it. He can't hold it. And that's the backdrop for this passage of Scripture. I heard a story about a grandfather complaining to his grandson about getting old, and he said, to he said, you know, the worst part is the diapers. He said, I don't, I don't mind wearing them. What do you, you people identify, right? I don't, I don't mind wearing them, but I hate the name, depends. Depends. He said, if I have to wear a diaper... I don't want anything that depends. I want for sure. I want for sure. Um, It would be good if everything was for sure, right? It would be good if everything was for sure, but it's not. It's just not. When it comes to our God, it's for sure. Our God is for sure. When it comes to other things, it depends. Okay? It, it all depends. Everything changes. Isaac Watts wrote a hymn years and years ago. And in that hymn he says time like an ever rolling stream bears all its sons away. They fly forgotten as a dream dies at the opening day. In other words, when you wake up in the morning from a dream, it's gone. You know, and that's what he's saying there. And he's, he's, he's looking at the same thing that we're looking at in the Psalms. We lose everything in life. We lose everything. Life is like that. When 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 kids are little, the summers are long. Maybe they're long for a lot of you moms too. You know, let's get them back in school. But the the, the summers are, are, are seem like they're endless. And when you become a young adult, they they go a lot faster. When you get my age, it's like being on a bike going down, downhill with no brakes. You know, you're <laughs> headed that way. You know. Now, what triggered that in this guy? What's he have, What is he saying here? He was probably sick because verse 3 says, My bones are they're like burning embers. And in verse 23 and 24 it says, He broke my strength. He cut my days short. I said, Take me not away, oh my God, in the midst of my days. He, 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 he feels, I think here, like he's, he's going to die. And, but there's this sense of being Transient. A sense that everything is slipping away. Everything is changing in life. We have a changing world right now. It's just crazy out there what's going on. I used to watch a show years ago. Maybe some of you have watched it. But it was called The Twilight Zone. Remember The Twilight Zone? There was an episode about three men who were, were astronaut types. And they were on the ship and the ship crashed. And the newspaper said, and i, I put it on there on the screen for you, three men rescued Three men rescued. One of them goes to the hospital, the other two go to the bar. This isn't a joke, really. And the first guy says, oh, it's my mom's birthday. I have to give my mom a call. So he takes off and he goes to the phone booth. Phone booth. And he calls her. And he calls her. And his parents say, well, who are you? We don't know who you are. What are you calling us for? We don't have a son. He comes back and he says, they, they say I don't exist. They say I don't exist. So he goes to the restroom. and He never comes back. He disappears. The second guy, he's waiting for him there. And he, he talks to the wait staff and he says, what happened to the guy I came with? And they said, well, you didn't come with anyone. You came by yourself. What do you mean, the guy you came with? Uh, he looks down at the paper and it says... Two men rescued. Two men rescued. He goes to the hospital because he wants to see the other guy. He goes to see the other guy and he says, what's going on? And he looks in the mirror and he doesn't see a reflection. You, you all remember this episode, right? It's a great TV. <laughs> he, he runs into the hallway and he disappears. And the third guy who's there, he looks down at the newspaper and it says, man rescued. Man rescued. Man rescued. See, people are appearing and disappearing and nobody even remembers that they're there. And the episode ends by someone saying and the doors closed, and it says, well, that's life. Well, that's life. Great TV. <laughs> Don't make them like that anymore. Right? The next psalm, 103, beginning with verse 15, it says, "As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like the flower of the field, the wind blows over it and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more." We talked about this about a month and a half ago. Some of you will be remembered 100 years from now. If you're really great, 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 maybe some of you will be remembered a thousand years from now, maybe you'll be, but eventually nobody will, eventually. C.S. Lewis wrote an essay when someone asked him, they said, aren't you, back when they were doing this whole thing about nuclear war, he says, aren't you afraid of the nuclear war? Civilization's going to be over, and, and C.S. Lewis is talking to people who believe, like most people today believe, that everything has a scientific explanation, everything has a natural cause. And Lewis writes this, if nature is all that exists, if there's no God, then all stories will end the same way in the universe from which all life is banished without possibility of return. Life, time, Watts said it in his hymn his, his, uh, uh, the ever rolling stream bears absolutely everything away. Right? This is literally true. It is literally true. There's a place in in Hebrews 11 where it says, Abraham was seeking the city with foundations whose builder and maker is God. He was looking for a city whose maker was God, being in that place where God wants him to be. Man has always looked for permanence. We want permanence. But the Bible says there's no foundation here. There's no foundation. Nothing is firm here. There's nothing that's solid here. There's nothing that you can stand on or put your trust in. There's no physical foundation because even the mountains, look at verses 25 and 26, even the mountains and the stars eventually go away. There's no relational foundation here either. Think about this. This is, this is, hard. This is hard to think about actually. When you look and you see this happy family, they're all sitting around the table together. Know this, know this, time, like an ever-flowing stream, bears all its sons away. Everybody is going to lose somebody. Everybody's going to lose everyone else around the table, actually. Think about it. You're going to lose one another by fighting. You're going to lose one another by moving. All my brothers and sisters, I got them in California, I got them in Pittsburgh, I got them in Minnesota. I got they're all over the place. You lose them by moving, or eventually you're going to die away from them, or they're going to die away from you. You're welcome. Enjoy. Enjoy. There's no relational stability. Really. 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 No physical foundations, no intellectual foundations. Things that right now you think are so smart. You know, th- we've got a hold on. We're, we're we're educated people. We're we're modern people, all smart people know this that we know today. And so we're thinking like that. And and uh, your your great grandchildren are going to come, and they're going to say, you know, you know, Grandpa, you know, Grandma, did you guys actually believe this? Maybe fifty years from now, do you actually believe this? Everything is changing. That's the point of the Psalm. That's what he's saying. Everything is quicksand, and. Ever so often, something happens to us or in us, like is happening to this man, that revealed that condition. Some of you had that with COVID. This condition of, of a transience is revealed to us. And thank God some of you are back from that. So, what do we need? What does the scripture say? What do we need? What I love about the Bible is how practical it is. I mean, it really is. I mean, build your life on Scripture. My goodness. It's so practical. The heading of the psalm, and you probably have it in your Bibles, is a prayer of an afflicted man. The prayer of an afflicted man. He's an it, and he lived it. He applied it to his life, and he lived it. And I want to look at that. So how did he get out of this funk? He learned two theological truths that pulled him out. First of all, there is an unchanging God. There's an unchanging God in the heavens. Then he says, but you remain. You remain. Your years will never end. We've been quoting Isaiah Watts. You know, he based that famous hymn, actually, on this psalm. And time, like an ever-rolling stream, bears all its sons away. They fly forgotten as a dream dies at the opening of day. But there's a second stanza in which he says, Before the hills in order stood, or earth received its frame, from everlasting thou art God, to endless years the same. You guys know that. Don't you know that song? There is an unchanging God. You know, it's hard for us to understand it because we live in time. We live here in time. But it says in verse 25, In the beginning you laid the foundations of the earth. In other words, in the beginning you were already here, God. In the beginning. Now what is the beginning? What is the beginning of what? Well, it's the beginning of time. What that means is God exists outside of time. This is tremendously important. This is tremendously important. Stay with me here. Let's take Isaiah watch, and let's think of time as an ever-rolling stream. All right? Think of a mountain. I've, I've kind of put a picture here and I put three boats there if you want to take a look at it. Um, think of a mountain, a river flowing through the mountains and it winds. and It's, it's an older river, so it's winding. And, and on this river, uh, there are three boats. Let's imagine that this river is time, all right? Now think about this because I want to get back to it, which means the boats upstream from you are actually in the past. You can't see those boats. You can't see those boats. That's the past. The boats that are downstream from you are the future. They're yet to be. They're coming. You can't see them and they can't see you. No one can see each other here. But imagine every boat can see the top of the mountain. You're looking up and every boat can see the pinnacle of a mountain. and You see the mountain. And who's ever on top of that mountain can look down and see all the boats. That's how God relates to time. That's how God relates to time. God looks down on time and it's all present to him. It's all present to him because he's outside of time. God created time, so he steps out of time and he looks at it. It's a created commodity. Time is for us, not for him. It's time for us. He created time, so there's not such thing as new and old or past or pre- Nothing. He's looking down at it all at once, and he's seen it. Now, why do you and I change? We change our minds because we get new information, Right? We get new information, so we think differently, we change differently, we say, oh yeah, I didn't know that, I need to change my mind. But nothing new, nothing old comes before God. Absolutely nothing. It's all present to him, and therefore he's perfect. There's no information, no influences that can come into his life he doesn't already know or already have. What that means is, the implications of this are enormous. Enormous. The implications of an everlasting to everlasting God, a beginningless God, a changeless God. Let me give you just a couple real quickly here. The immutability of God, the changelessness of God, this quality that He has, is clearly taught throughout the Scriptures. For example, in in Micah, the third chapter in verse 6, it affirms, I, the Lord, do not change. New Testament, Jesus says, I'm the same yesterday today, forever, right? That's what the Lord says. James uh, chapter 1 verse 17 says, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above that comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variables, no shadow of turning. This this refers to the perspective that we have on our son. It comes up in the morning, it goes down at night. It goes this way, it goes you know, in the sky, it, it rises, it's set, it appears, it disappears every day. With God who is light, there is no darkness. There is no variableness. There is no change with God. And that's what the the, the person is saying there. There are several reasons why it's impossible for God to change. First of all, for a change to take place, it must happen within time. It must happen within time, with the constraints of time. However, God exists over here outside of time. He looks at everything together. He created time. He stands outside of time. Secondly, the immutability of God is necessary for his perfection. If anything changes, it must change for better or for worse, right? If something changes, it's changing for better or for worse. For change to take place, either something has to be added to it to make it better, or something has to be taken from it to make it better. It's change that happens. Since God is perfect, he doesn't need that. He doesn't need to change. There's nothing that can be taken away from him, nothing that can be added to him that he doesn't already have. Third, the immutability of God is related to his omniscience, which is the mind, how he thinks. When someone changes his or her mind, it's often because, again, we get new information, right? We're all getting information all the time. Every day, we get something new that comes to light. Or circumstances have changed in our lives. Because God is omniscient, he cannot learn something new that he did not already know. In Numbers 23.19, it clearly presents the immutability of God. It says this, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? No, no. God does not change his mind he is unchanging. He is unchanging. As a pastor, I've had people come to me over the years, and this is a common thing that's happened, and you probably have it happened in your life too, but they'll come to me and say, you know, you know I'm a believer in Jesus. I really, I really believe in God. I, I thought I had this really warm relationship with God, but I did something. I did something. And it was horrendous. And I can't forgive myself, and I don't know how God can love me anymore. I don't know how God can forgive me. I've done this to myself. So I'm on the shelf. I'm on the shelf. Now listen to me. This is why we're going to go back to the boats. Listen to me. This is important for all of you. When God puts his love on you, he saw all of you. He saw all of you. Your whole life. He sees all the boats. Past, he sees all of you, your birth, your death, your soul, your heart, your body, all your history. When, you, when, when these fellows and, and girls were baptized this morning, they're coming to Jesus Christ. He sees them now. He sees them 30 years. He sees all of them, and he loves them, and he's come into their hearts and into their lives you can only see a slice of your life. I see a slice of my and I say, ah, Tom, you're a miserable wretch. You know, you're a miserable wretch. So you realize this? God sees all of you from beginning to end. And when God loves you, he loves all of you. All of you. Nobody in time can see all of you. And when he puts his love on you, he is the only one who knows all of you. Because he's from outside of time. And he doesn't change. He only knows you. And he knows you. Believe me. He knows you. You don't even know yourself like he knows you. Think of this. The Bible. People look at the Bible and you hear this. Oh, we we can't believe the Bible. It's an old book, right? A bunch of old guys back so many years ago. They're writing this thing thousands of years ago. And I'm sure there's some good things in here, some good stuff, you know, I'm sure it's okay. But, but the distance between us and the distance between them is, is so great. There's, I just can't accept this stuff. I Just can't accept this. In our small group, uh, we, we went through a book by uh, Packer, uh, a book called Knowing God. Knowing God. And in the chapter that he's writing here, God Unchanging, he says, and listen to this, this is important. It is true that in terms of time and space and culture, the biblical authors are a long way from us. But the link between them and us is not found at that level. The link is God. The link is God. The God with whom they had to do is the same God with whom we have to do today. The exact same God, and he does not change. He does not change. And if God doesn't change, then what the biblical authors had to say about him is still true. It's still true today. What you read in the Bible is still relevant because God is changeless. He's changeless. So the first theological truth is there's an unchanging God, but that, that, that's not enough, is it? Not a lot of people believe there's a God up there, but that's not enough for us. Philosopher Heraclitus, one of the early Greek philosophers, we, we did this probably last year, was famous for saying, everything changes. And he made this statement, which is famous. He said, you can't step in the same river twice. You can't step in the same river twice. Everything is always in flux. <laughs> kind of describes our day, doesn't it? You know? But Plato and Aristotle, they, they pushed back on him. They didn't, didn't agree with all of that that was going on. And, and he says everything's changing, everything's passing. And he, you, he, Plato actually says to him, he says, you know, how, how can a thing be real which is never the same? For the moment that the, you approach it, it becomes other. It becomes something else. You can't know anything about that. You can't understand that at all. If everything is changing, the minute you say, I know it, it's gone So Plato and Aristotle and the old philosopher says there has to be some unchanging reality. There has to be a still point. There has to be something there. There has to be some some reality. Aristotle believed that there was a God. He calls it the, the unmoved mover. Right? The unmoved mover. I mean, that's how we thought about God back then. There was a God who started the world. Great. But we need more than that. We need more than that. Notice this man who's praying knows there's a God, but he's lonely. He's empty. He's filled with the lack of meaning in his life. And here's why. It's not enough to believe that there's a God. Or God just changes us. And you know why? You know why? Look at what he says near the end, uh, which is so amazing. He says, you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens and the work of your hands. They perish, but you remain. They wear out like a garment. He says, the stars are nothing compared to God because God is eternal. They wear out like an old sock. Why would we matter then? We're like that. Why would we matter? You know what a mayfly is? You know, you know what a mayfly is? I lived over on the east side there, and we got what was called fish flies. You ever been over there when the fish fly season? Oh, dreadful. And they stink and they get all over your cars and your buildings and they're just everywhere. Fish flies. They come out of the lake and it happens every year and it's just that time for the stinky fish flies. Well, they're, 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 a, they're, a, they're a type of, of, of mayfly. There's a lot of different variations of mayflies. Do you know how long a mayfly lives? A day. They live a day. They come out and they get on your car and everything and they die. So they're dead. They're, let, they're on your car and they're dead. Some live 30 minutes and they're dead. And then after they're hatched, you know. And that's it. That's why you don't give Mayflower flies to your kids for pets. <laughs> you know, here's a, here's a pet junior. Play with this. This is a fun thing. Play with this. He's oh, thank you, daddy. You know, and then, then the next day they, "Daddy, my pet died." Say, <laughs> so, "Yeah, I, I wanted to teach you about life." That's just the way it is. Watch, watch uh, Twilight Zone. You'll, you'll figure it out. <laughs> you'll figure it out. <laughs> We're like mayflies to God. We're grass that withers, you know, Or worse. Why would the eternal God care about you? Why would he care about us? We don't need just to know God. We need to know that God loves us. We need to know God cares about us. We need to know he's committed to us in love and we can trust him with who we are. See, I've I've made the case, really. There's nothing here to trust. There's nothing here to trust. Everything you try to put your your weight on here is going to leave you. Really, it's going to leave you. Everything, there's no foundation. Your intellect, your heart, your mind, your, your, your human opinions, your love, your family, your marriage, your children. You want someone to trust who will never leave. Never leave. And of course that would be God. But we have to know that he loves us. Right? We have to know. So how do we get that? And then I'm going to close with this. How do we get that? I remember a guy uh, who was preaching on this. And he was saying, "Once there was a lumberjack, and the lumberjack went into the grove of trees. He wanted to cut down the whole tre- a bunch of trees in this whole whole grove. Get them all down." So he's watching. And there's this mother bird, and this mother bird is building a nest in one of the trees that he wants to cut down. And he says, "I can't have that." We, you know, that, that poor bird. Uh, he realized that the babies are going to they're going to die. I'm going to I'm going to level this whole place. So he goes, "Oh!" He starts banging on the tree trying to get the bird's attention. He's banging on the tree, trying to shake her up. And the poor mother bird, she's up there going, woo, 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 down!" And, and she looks down and she sees this lumberjack and says, what is this? Why is he hurting me? Why is he hurting me? So it flies over to another tree and the lumberjack sees her fly to another tree. So he goes over and starts banging on that tree, banging on that tree for that little bird. And, and she's wondering, why is he tormenting me? Why is he changing, doing this? And he goes to another tree and he bangs. until finally, she... Leads her nest and she flies into a place where there is a big rock where she knew she would be safe. And the preacher said, Every tree in this world is coming down. Every tree in this world is coming down. Every institution, every family, every loved one, your career, everything, you have to build your life on a rock. And that's God. That's God. To do that, we need to know he loves us. We need to know that. The psalmist knows because there's this lightning bolt that comes. It's in verse 28. And you need to underline this. It's in verse 28. If you put verse 25 and 28 together, you'll see what I'm talking about here. He says, you know what? The stars and the mountains, they're all going to wear out. But you remain the same. Your years will never end. And then suddenly there's a bolt of lightning and he says in verse 28, the children of your servants will live in your presence. Presence is the Hebrew word for face. They'll live with you in your face, God. It means relationship. It means the descendants will be established in the face of God. It's permanent. It's permanent. Do you see that? God's not permanently committed to the mountains and the stars, but he's permanently committed to you, his servants. He puts everlasting love on them and they last forever. It's God's everlasting love is put on you. You're everlasting. You're everlasting. You're his children, you're his servants, and you're in the face of God. How do we know that? Uh, here's what he tells us in this psalm. There's more in the Bible, but it's in he- there's, there's a whole thing in Hebrews, and I can't go through it all, but there's seven different passages in, in Hebrews that speak to this. Um, the psalmist is saying in Hebrews, and this actually is Jesus talking. Jesus talking. If you read Psalms 102, the Hebrew writer is saying the same thing in Hebrews 1. He just quotes the same thing. It's the same thing that's going on there. The guy in Hebrews is saying, "The same thing that this guy is saying, don't cut me off in the midst of my youth, but this one is cut off. This one is forsaken. And yet at the end, his children who are you and me, live on. We live on before God forever. Why? Jesus. Because of Jesus. Because of who Jesus is, the immutable son of God who became mutable. Though he was immortal, he became mortal. He became frail. He beca- and he died on the cross. Why? So God could be unchanging to you. He could forgive sins, and you could go into the face of God. You could be in the face of God. I want to. I want to. I want to close with with telling you a story, and I'll and I'll end with this. There's a guy by the name of Brian Chappelle. He's a seminary uh, president out out east, and he tells this story, true story of his hometown. This is just amazing. It rocked my rocked my world. It's kind of a tearjerker, but he made this this this. this Theological equation. But it's theologically appropriate because it speaks to this. He says, years ago in in his hometown, there were two young brothers. They were playing where they shouldn't have been playing on the banks of a river. And they ran up to the top of of, of the different sand mounds that were there. And they ran on top of one of these sand mounds and it began to sink. And it was horribly dangerous. They shouldn't have been there. And they, they were basically in a form of quicksand. And they began to sink and to sink and sink. And at night they didn't come home. And everybody went out searching for them. There was police, the neighbors, all their friends, and the parents of. And they, they, they and they came to the place and they saw one boy who was unconscious, but he was alive. And his head and his shoulders were above the sand. And they started to dig him up. And they were fervent about it. And they were digging him up. And they started to to revive him. And when he woke up, they said, "Where's your brother?" And he said, I'm standing on his shoulders. I'm standing on his shoulders. Because he wasn't awake. He was Chappelle said, the foundations of that boy's life was the sacrificial life, the sacrificial love, the sacrificial death of his brother. Jesus says, you're my brother, you're my sister my sacrificial life, stand on it. Stand on it. Jesus Christ's sacrificial death is literally our foundation. That cross means something because as the hymn says, his oath, his covenant, his blood, support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is my hope and stay. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. How can I know that I trust God? Not my intellect, because I'm stupid. (laughs) You're killing me up here. (laughs) Not my talent. Not my spouse. Not my family. How can I know I can trust him? Jesus is how I know. Jesus is how. God revealed himself in Jesus. Going to the cross, Jesus dying, Jesus death is the thing that gives you a foundation for hope for the future. And by the way, let me let me let me end by asking a question. And I'll close it with this. Is God being a lumberjack in your life right now? Is he smacking something, beating on something that you've been building a nest for all of your life? Putting your faith in. Why is God being so cruel? Maybe he wants you to build your life on the rock. Maybe he wants you to build your life on the rock. The one thing that will never let you down, the one thing that will never leave you, it's the love of God in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful for this amazing, amazing truth. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by Him, not anything that was made outside of Him. And He came into our world. Lived the perfect life. Died on Calvary. Was resurrected again by the power of the Father and the Holy Spirit. Now He lives in our life as our foundation we're thankful for that we praise you for that we, we stake our eternity on that Father as we think on these things this, this week and even as we think on these things perhaps there's other decisions that mom and dad need to make or, or, or even uh, the young people here need to make in their lives to say you know Jesus is number one Jesus is my foundation Jesus is my rock and I know he loves me because he went to Calvary and died for me to usher me into the presence of the Father so I am there face to face with Almighty God. Father, we, 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 we thank you for that. We ask you to, 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 to speak to our hearts this week. Uh, strengthen us by that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.